I could totally sell some uh, bur- bourbon bread pigs. Uh, that'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. 30 minutes late on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's where I thought you were going with the uh, pig farm at first. I'm like, okay, he's going to yeah. take the slop and just, you know, say these are all Pappy Van Winkle pigs. Welcome back to the 25th recording of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. And before we go and head off with the podcast, we got to go just through a little bit of the news. And really, there's not a whole lot of stuff that's happening nationally, except that Pappy and Antique Collection Frenzy has actually started to hit. There's the red dots that are showing up on the Bourboner tracking map. So go and see if your state's hit and good luck hunting. We are also planning our 2019 barrel selections for our Patreon community. And just got to give a shout out to Tony from Keg and Bottle for making this happen and being our retail partner. Uh, If you have a need for having some whiskey delivered directly to your door, go check him out. Keg, the letter in bottle.com. He's got over 700 whiskeys available online. He can have them shipped out the very next day. Now, one thing that I'm super, super excited about, and if you are paying attention to any of our social handles on Monday, is the launch of Pursuit Spirits. Yes, the launch of Pursuit Spirits is actually our brand, but we have a label coming out of Pursuit Series. So we have our very own private label where we are hand selecting barrels of bourbon and rye and bottling them uncut, unfiltered at cask strength because we know we're like you, we're whiskey enthusiasts, we know what we like and we love stuff at cask strength. So we're happy to be able to do this and all the details for getting your hands on these bottles and information about each release uh, the first release is actually starting at the end of next month in, in November 2018. You can find all the information on PursuitSpirits.com. And if you haven't been a Patreon community member yet, because maybe 20 or 18 barrels in 2018 was enough or 16, well, we're actually going to have, in addition to the 20 barrels we're doing from Keg and Bottle, we're also ramping up and doing our own private label. And we're going to be doing two barrels a month starting in January 2019 of our private label Pursuit series. And uh, we couldn't be more excited to make this happen. You know, we just have to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of our Patreon community people, and everybody else that supported us over the years to get to where we are today and being the number one podcast for bourbon. And we're just happy that we have this opportunity to bring this and, and sort of take this adventure to the next step. So I can also promise you that we're not going to use this pack, this podcast as a platform for advertising it or getting you to keep buying bottles of it. That's not what it's about. But we are going to just let you know about each new release every month as it does come out. So if you do want to follow more about the Pursuit Series private label that's coming out, make sure you follow Pursuit Spirits on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The Kentucky Derby Museum's Legend Series, those tickets are again still on sale. The first one does begin in January. You can get your tickets at derbymuseum.org slash legend series. This is the 25th recording of the Burby Community Roundtable, and I forgot to mention it, but I guess you could call this our silver anniversary. I'm just very fortunate and glad that this group can come together once a month and discuss fun topics. This, this week, we're joined by Josh Reedford, who is the producer of the new AMC movie, Bullet County, that opens in theaters this Friday, October 26th. You can check out our show notes for a link to the trailer. 
but we also discuss the fears of what would happen if a bourbon enthusiast won this $1.6 billion Mega Millions lottery. And then we also wrap up the show talking about brands and the sort of buy-sell trade of what's happening to them. And maybe there could possibly be another large buyout of a brand that's pretty well known, maybe something such as like Four Roses. Who knows? We'll see. And if you haven't left a review yet, please do. That's how we get found. That's how we uh, people know more about the show. So if you haven't, go ahead and do that. We've got another call to action from today's Above the Char with Fred. And I know he got a lot of pingbacks, a lot of tags, and a bunch of social media posts for his request to say, let him know what the best sipping bourbon of 2018 is gonna be. And there's another call to action today. And I'm not gonna ruin it because I'm gonna let you enjoy this week's episode. And now here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. You know what's missing in bourbon? I mean, we have a lot of cool things going on. We've got tourism, we've got annual releases coming out, we've got the whole dusty movement, but there's really a lack of opportunity for pairing bourbon with food. As I looked at a pile of biscuits being smothered with gravy and the little pieces of sausage plumping out and the gravy just oozing between the buttermilk biscuits, I realized that I had never actually paired bourbon with biscuits and gravy. Now, that's odd considering that I have a passion for biscuits and gravy to the point that I call my friend John Little every time that I have a really great biscuits and gravy. He, too, shares the passion of biscuits and gravy. John's the CEO of Smooth Ambler Distilling, by the way, and he lives in West Virginia, and he does the same to me. Whenever he finds biscuits and gravy, he calls me and tells me about it or texts me. And as many times as we've been together and had biscuits and gravy, I can't recall a single time we paired it with Smooth Ambler bourbon, or any bourbon for that matter. So I hope to rectify that this week. And I also have an assignment for you. In the next few days, Halloween will commence, and our kids will be running through neighborhoods with sacks and fake plastic pumpkin heads and be sticking their hands into the doors and saying, trick or treat, give me something good to eat. People will be throwing candy in there, and you're gonna, they're going to bring it home and pour it all out on the table, and they're going to be so excited they got all that candy. Well, I don't know what you do in your home, but in my home, I take a daddy tax. You should really take one, too. Whether it's the mommy tax or the daddy tax, pick your favorite candies out of their stash and then pair bourbon with it. Tell me what bourbon is your favorite to go with a Heath bar, a Kit Kat bar, a Reese's Pieces, or whatever. You may find that Four Roses actually pairs quite differently than Maker's Mark. Or if you have one, check out Pappy Van Winkle with, say, an Almond Joy, or see what 1792 tastes like with a York Peppermint Patty. And that's my assignment for you for this week, because we have to change the scenario of restaurants. Everybody wants to pair with wine. We should really start pushing the envelope on pairing with bourbon. And I believe it starts with good parenting at home. That means the daddy tax. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, you just told me what uh, sipping bourbons I should be tasting to consider for the best bourbon of 2018. Sign up on fredminnick.com to see which ones I selected. If you want to follow me on Twitter, check me out at Fred Minnick or Instagram at Fred Minnick. 
Until next week, cheers. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. Kenny and Ryan and Fred here with a good majority of the Bourbon Community Roundtable, plus another special guest. And, you know, this is going to be a fun one because we've we've started kind of branching out the uh, the podcast a little bit in regards of some of the, the people we're talking to. It's not just all bourbon focused anymore. We're, we're talking to some people that are in the industries, if you will, or uh, have some sort of ties to it. And it kind of brings it all full circle. So we're getting some guests that have some touches and some ties with bourbon, but it's, uh, it's going to be really fun and kind of interesting to talk about this. Uh, Fred or Ryan, have you had a chance to kind of look at the, uh, the trailer for the show that, or the movie that we're going to talk about tonight? I know Ryan was really excited about it because he's from Bullock County. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it briefly, briefly from Bullock County. But that's what were you like? You were like what, born there and slapped on the ass and then moved to Bardstown? <laughs> yeah, they're like, ah, more opportunity in Bardstown. Let's pack our wagons and go south. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit the old dusty trail, if you will. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so as usual, before we kick this off, we're going to go around the horn and let the bloggers that have joined us introduce themselves. And since there is somebody here that is fresh with a brand new article this week, 
Uh, first time in over a year, Carrie Suburbia. How are you? Yeah, actually wrote a non-review article. I, the first I, time of the year. Thank you. I know you guys were waiting a long time. I felt the love for it. You're officially refresh on my Suburbia. You know, <laughs> yeah, my, my, yeah. I go every morning. So 372 days in a row, I've just gone there with nothing new. And you know, uh, I looked at the template for my website. I think I still have the original. Um, two color templates. Maybe I could upgrade the website a little bit. I need a little graphic design. If anybody out there wants to work for free, um, <laughs> you'd be amazed it. how many people work for whiskey. So blog is uh, suburbia.com S U B O U R B I A. And I'm mostly on Twitter at bourbon underscore gamer, but I did just learn how to do the Instagrams. So I'm doing a little bit on the Instagrams here and there. So you can find me on there at bourbon underscore gamer. And as usual, I'm on the Bourbon R Facebook group. That's a good way to introduce Blake there. So go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so I'm Blake from Bourboner.com. All the social media is B-O-U-R-B-O-N-R. Yeah, post, reviews, videos, and also Sealbox.com for all your craft spirits. Uh, I like to get names that it's really hard to say, and people always spell them wrong. So Sealbox is S E E L. B-A-C-H-S dot com. Like the hell tell, right? Exactly. <laughs> but not trademark inf- trademark infringing on the hotel. <laughs> they don't have online retail. So nice try. <laughs> <laughs> not like the hotel. <laughs> Count one for the home team there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Sure. This is Jordan. I'm one of three guys from BreakingBourbon.com. You can find us at Breaking Bourbon on all the social media and on Patreon. Um, also sign up for our uh, newsletter and you'll see all of our calendar updates. And it's a busy time for the calendar to be updating this uh, fall season. Hey, Jordan, congrats on your uh, marathon finish or mini. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, nice. Hey, nice job. Where'd you go? Chicago? No, we did Baltimore, state number 26. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You want to explain to people what you are actually trying to accomplish? Yeah, sure. So me and my wife are doing... Uh, trying. doing <laughs> I'm trying to. I've only been to one state, though. <laughs> We're doing a uh, half marathon in every state. So good way to see the state or the states. Good way to uh, try a bunch of different local whiskeys, too. Let me know when you come to Atlanta. I'll um, point I you will. these houses. Have you done a Florida half marathon yet? We did. We did Florida already. We okay. did. But I'll tell you what, I'll do Atlanta. I'll hit up Carrie's bunker. Then I'll just drive on down yeah, to yeah. Uh, Florida and we'll just go from there. Quick, quick six hour trip. Perfect. <laughs> just Carrie will probably it. charge you to stay with him. <laughs> <laughs> just run it the entire time. You'll be- hey, I'm not from Bullock County. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and since we are in October, uh, you know, this was, this was something that I found really weird. Uh, you saw some people like take these pledges on Facebook and different things that it's supposed to be sober October or mocktober and people are making these mock talk, make mock cocktails. But I, uh, I, I don't think that anybody around here really followed along with it. Any of you all? Uh, not, well, tonight I am It's just water tonight. Well, yeah, I don't know that what that says about my friends group on Facebook, but I haven't seen a single t- post about sober October. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, being in the trade for uh, being, you know, covering this business for a long time, we've lost a lot of like bartenders in the last like couple of years, you know, to for mixing drugs and alcohol for various things. But it's a kind of a, it, it is kind of something serious that the industry is trying to push. 
but it is it is a it's an uphill battle, you know, because people, you know, if I feel like people, you know, we should be talking about personal responsibility versus like abstinence, which is, you know, that's the same uh, level uh, of effort that got us prohibition. So it's kind of, it, to me, it, it, the whole thing is weird, you know, instead of like, you know, my thing is like, instead of drinking for a day, maybe drink, don't drink one day and drink one the next day and. You know, you don't have to be laying next to a trash can every weekend like Ryan does. <laughs> moderation goes on. Moderation. Yeah. That did happen. Oh, way to make us feel bad there, Fred. <laughs> so, so who is pushing it, though? Is it the industry that's pushing it or like the bartender's yeah, field? So it tells of the cocktail. William Grant actually okay. threw a party uh, where there was no alcohol. So like the opening hmm. party was all about hmm. not drinking. That's and people were like, you know, you had you had bartenders there were like, what the fuck? And, uh, <laughs> and then you had other ones like, oh my gosh, that's so progressive. That's exactly what we want to be doing, <laughs> you know. And, and, and then twenty minutes later, it ended. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no. Like the the people who were saying it was such a wonderful thing, you would find them at like the uh, uh, the Monteleone at the Carousel Bar, like in you know drinking like pounding uh, sazerac, pounding shit. So it was. <laughs> I think if you're at a drinking convention, I think it goes without saying there's going to be some consumption. So, but I don't know. We got to figure something out. It's you know, alcohol. Alcohol is definitely our, our friend, but you got to you got to respect it. And uh, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, we've never been able to find that you know nice balance where we can say, as a populace, we can't we can't educate people, right? So we have to we have to ban it. And so you actually have <laughs> a lot of efforts to. To ban alcohol advertising in this country, to ban, um, you know, even just talking about it. You have the health nuts who are saying that alcohol is the reason why we're all dying of everything, which is not true. So it's it's a tough time right now. I mean, I could have sworn not too long ago there was a study that said like a glass of wine a day or a glass of whiskey a day actually makes you live longer. But I think there's a lot of those cuckoo uh, yeah, sort of, I think sort of things that out there. It's, well, it's like... like that's like carbs are bad, carbs are good. So I think our next episode, good, you know. my next blog article that I'm working on is actually about the health. Do well in 2030. Yeah, it's uh, the health <laughs> of bourbon. So the next time we're going to talk about that bourbon is actually healthy. Well, actually be, tread very lightly there, my friend. Be Why? very careful. Yeah, I mean, just because claims? you know, yeah, you, you, there. That, that that's one where the the Federal Trade Commission will actually. You know, police that shit. So I think in front of everything I say. I don't think I'm any, uh, yeah, you you'll need a you'll need like a you, you just want to be able to back up everything. You know, so like very large just, disclaimer. I, I feel great. That's what I'm gonna say. I drink every night. I feel, look at me. I mean, I drink every night. <laughs> look, at, look like this. You can yeah. do the before and after photos. Like this is before I drink a fifth, and this is after. <laughs> yeah, when I gained thirty pounds, yeah, we'll go back to my high school picture. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm happy to that for you if you like. Yeah. I'm sure you don't cross any lines. <laughs> and smokes a full pack of Marlboro Reds while he's at it, too. <laughs> North cocaine. Yeah. Know, for God's sake. <laughs> like a hell of a Let's keep that party going. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to talking about our guest tonight. So Thank tonight, <laughs> we got to talk to something more exciting than that. <laughs> So tonight we have the producer of a new film that is now making its way out 
uh, the from the called Bullet County. We have the producer Josh Reedford. Bullet County tells the story of four friends who reunite for a bachelor party in the fall of 1977 to hunt for buried prohibition money on the Bluegrass Bourbon Trail, only to become ripped apart by greed, corruption, and murder. It's a winner of six Best Picture Awards from film festivals nationwide. I want to say, Josh, welcome to the show tonight. Thanks so much, guys. It's great to be here with you. So before we kind of dive into the movie a little bit, you know, do you have a do you have a fascination with bourbon? I mean, you wanted to come on a bourbon community roundtable, so let's <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I I have uh, never like I wasn't always a bourbon drinker. Um, I, it kind of was something that uh, myself and uh, my writer director partner David McCracken uh, we sort of just kind of stumbled into um, as probably four years ago, maybe. Uh, he was working on another film that uh, involved um, a lot about the bourbon industry, and so he he was living in LA at the time. We're about, we're both actually from Southern Indiana, so we're kind of like right on the fringes of you know bourbon country. And so he he was coming back um, to do some research and invited me to come along, and so we just started hitting up you know as many distillers as we could, and uh, you know I. I went into it very hesitantly. Um, I had some bad experiences with, you know, bad whiskey in college, as I'm sure a lot of people did. And so, uh, but I, you know, I really kind of just came to fall in love with just bourbon as a drink and, and bourbon as a culture and just everything about, I mean, the history of it. And, um, it's just like, there's such a pride, uh, about bourbon both in Kentucky specifically, but also just with our country, you know, I mean, it, it, it really kind of defines a lot of like the American culture and like, like the heart of, um, of America. I don't know. I, um, so I just kind of like really, really fell in love with it and, and David did as well. And so when we were pitching ideas for what we wanted to be our first film, um, it was, it was kind of loosely based on our travels on the bourbon trail. And that's kind of where all this came from. So yeah, now I'm kind of hardcore bourbon. That's, that's like my go-to thing these days. Well, good. You'll fit in. Not a problem. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the crowd. Thanks. So, it, so was this the, the first film that you said was based off bourbon or was there one prior to Bullet County? Uh, there, it, there was one that he was, um, he was writing for, um, a guy who I, I think he was also from Kentucky originally. He's, he also lives in LA, LA now, but he had hired David, uh, and another guy to write a script for him. And I don't actually think that that film went anywhere. Um, but this, uh, Bullet County is the first one of, with David and I's production company. Um, so yeah, this, this is our first one. So kind of give a little bit, I, I kind of gave maybe a little bit of the premise of the show there. Kind of talk about, um, you know, a little bit more about the movie, what the film, what people can expect and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'll give the uh, the big disclaimer um, that I think some people like to, uh, to yell at us about. Um, one, that we didn't actually shoot anything in Bullet County proper. We shot a lot around it and, you know, near it and things that look like it. But there is unfortunately not anything that actually takes place in bullet county um and a lot of that really just has to do with we wanted to shoot at um some distilleries and i mean you know everybody drinks bourbon these days and all of the distilleries are working their asses off to keep up with production and so to let a you know a full-on film crew come in for uh for a week it just (laughs) wasn't hard nobody was shutting down production so you could come in and film (laughs) you can imagine was with you 
What's that? that? Did you tell oh. him that Milo Kunis was with you? Because yeah, might- <laughs> you know that probably would have gotten some doors open for us. Maybe next. Time oh, we she just called out this morning. Sorry, guys, it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, so uh, so that's one thing, uh, and then the other one is that uh, a lot of people like to call bullshit because there's no such thing as a bluegrass bourbon trail, and especially not in the 1970s because you know the the bourbon trail is kind of a newer thing. Uh, so that and that is not a shortcoming on our part. We we actually did know that that there was no such thing, but it just works narratively, and you know it's kind of our homage to uh, to the bourbon trail. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where, where the whole, where the whole story came from. Um, and as you, as you mentioned, yeah, it's, uh, it's this kind of, it's partly thriller, but it's also kind of just like, uh, we based it on a lot of 1970s films that we liked, like, um, like Easy Rider, where the whole first part of the movie is just kind of this fun romp with these friends, um, that are going to bourbon distilleries as part of a bachelor party. And so, um, yeah, the first part of the movie is just, it's just fun. Um, and then, uh, like you said, they kind of hear about this legend of buried prohibition money, um, that's supposedly hidden out in, in, uh, in the wilderness of Bullet County and they go off in search of that. And, uh, forest. Yeah, exactly. Do they take uh, a detour by Ryan's birthplace? In- <laughs> <laughs> it would confirm or <laughs> in the reeds of uh, Dog Creek. It actually takes place in his childhood home. <laughs> I'm actually in the movie. The movie is loosely based on Ryan's life. He's yeah. 74. <laughs> exactly. So why'd you choose Fuller uh, County versus like Nelson County or Fayette County, you know, where uh, I guess most of the distilleries are? Sure. No, well, that's Jim Beam is in technically in Bullet County, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, no, we get that question a lot, uh, and it's honestly, it's just because the name sounds the coolest, um, and it's got you know that double meaning of bullets, um, and you know since that that plays in uh, pretty heavily, um, and yeah, for people that aren't really necessarily familiar with Kentucky and you know all of the counties, I think it's one that just it's just got such a strong name to it. Um, that, yeah. The Bullet family who owns Oxmoor Farm here in Louisville, they. That's, I guess, named after the, their family. Uh, okay. Bullock. Yeah, I thought I remembered that from some of our research. Um, it's it's uh, their their fictional ancestors play a role, but uh, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> yeah, I just watched half the trailer. It does look like a, a like a scary movie, but looks looks awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It definitely it's got some you know it's got some scares in it for people that like the suspense, um, but yeah. it's also just uh, it's it's a lot of fun too. I just thought it was going to be like Ryan and his parents, like <laughs> shackled up or something. Ryan never mentioned that he was born, born in Bullet County. We're way off track now. It's, uh, I know. So I, what's I, the? Uh, is there official release date yet? Uh, yeah, it actually uh, it comes out in theaters this Friday, uh, the tw- October twenty sixth, um, and it's playing in. Um, I think it's eight cities nationwide, uh, including Louisville and Cincinnati. Um, that's in that neighborhood. And then also, um, Evansville in, in, uh, Southern Indiana. And then, uh, a lot further. And then depending on how that goes, we'll try and, uh, branch out some more. Uh, if it doesn't make it into a, a city where, you know, near you, it, it comes out on VOD and DVD in, uh, at the end of February. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, a legal question for you. You yeah. chose to uh, use the uh, the Bluegrass Bourbon Trail. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky Bourbon Trail is a is a trademark term, and I know that movies still have to get like trademark approval. Did you get any kind of like? Uh, did you talk to the the owners of that trademark, the Kentucky Distillers Association, or anything like that? We did. Um, we had conversations with them very early on, and that's why we that's why we ended up calling it the Bluegrass Bourbon Trail, so that we wouldn't be you know infringing on on either the official Kentucky Bourbon Trail or the craft. Uh, the craft bourbon trail. Um, yeah, we just, we wanted to stay away from that. And, you know, they didn't really have any problem with us making the movie. It was more of, they didn't want us like using the the Kentucky bourbon trail to help promote the film. And so we've tried to stay away from that as much as possible, even though, you know, we want to, it's, it is, you know, our homage to it because we yeah, like have nothing but love for, uh, you know, for bourbon and the trail and everything like that. But just, yeah. When, when you start- What's that? Cross. <laughs> What's that? I said, and if you would have used it, those lawyers can be expensive. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's easier to stay out of that mess. <laughs> well, it's probably a smart idea to do that because if uh, if if all of a sudden it is uh, associated with that, and you're like, honey, let's let's go on our next trip to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and she's like, hold on, greed, corruption, and murder. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on this one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, obviously, our our hope would be that that it really takes off, and and it, you know, because I think if if you're not super, either like a really really hardcore bourbon drinker, or you're not from the area, I think you know the the bourbon trail itself is not known in like wide circles by just the. the like lay person, because we've mentioned it before, and you know, people don't really know what we're talking about. And I think in our ideal world, this would make people more aware of it. Um, so we kind of, we tried to try to play the game as well as we can to, to get people to know about it without, uh, being overt about it. Talk about who are your stars. You, you had said you don't have any, um, any major stars, but, uh, hello. <laughs> Talk them up. Who, who are your actors and actresses? Yeah. Uh, so the the lead is a guy named Mike Nelson. Uh, he's actually from Indiana originally. Uh, he he works out in LA now. Um, if you've watched the show Blackish, he plays Nurse Larry on there. Um, he's kind of a recurring character. He's also been in. I don't know, probably three or four Geico commercials. You, you, you would recognize his face. Um, but really, really amazing guy. Um, comes from a comedy background. Um, David McCracken also plays one of the leads. Uh, he's also happens to be the writer, director, and my business partner. Um, so I'm, He's kind of always been attached to the project. Uh, the one that I, I think that people probably would recognize at, by face, if not in name, is Richard Reilly. Uh, he plays uh, the elderly gentleman in the in the film. Um, and you, if you've seen Office Space, he's the guy that makes the jump to conclusions. Matt, um, and he's been uh, yeah. he's been in like. 300 films I, he's he's kind of all over the place but uh ah, he was he was fantastic came in for a week to to shoot out all of his stuff just a really really neat guy well listen i want you to know that i can grow a beard for any role <laughs> and i would work great with myla kunis or okay. jennifer gardner any of those people I, I who's jennifer gardner <laughs> is that jennifer gardner's sister or <laughs> <laughs> Passengers and um, the one where she shot kids with bow and arrow and stuff. You know what I'm talking. Oh about. yeah, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence. <laughs> Way off. Way off. Yeah. Snaps at night. 
Harry, that's a Louvillian, so yeah. be, tread lightly on what you say about Jeremy <laughs> Okay. Josh, I bet you didn't know anything. When you think you were coming on here tonight, you didn't realize that we were just trying to plug you to try to get roles in your next film. <laughs> I had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah. 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 Josh is going to go back and his business partners will be like, how, so how'd it go? Movie that was a huge mistake. Going well? He's like, no. Why did I say yes to that? <laughs> Either Look, that guys, I, know all... I know where Ryan grew up, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> The truth for revealed. I'm basically going to come away from this having the full cast for Bullet County 2 already. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> already <laughs> so. Obviously, I'm the lead man. I'm, I'll go <laughs> as long as, long as Carrie dies first. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to really. <laughs> Blake's the Blake's the bachelor. Me and yeah. Kenny are going to play twin brothers, and uh... <laughs> you know, I can be the couple that gets attacked first. But can I just be a good couple? <laughs> <laughs> So quickly talk about some of the uh, the awards that it's already won. Oh yeah. Um so I, I think like you mentioned, um uh, we've we've gotten best picture at uh I think six festivals now, including um the Macon Film Festival down in Georgia and uh the Catalina Festival out in California, um and several others. So that's been uh been really cool. Oh uh, we also um at the uh, the Hoboken Festival up in New Jersey, uh, we got Best Director and uh, Mike won for Best Actor. Um, so it's been I mean, it's gotten very very positive response from people, and hoping that um, you know after this theatrical release, maybe we can lock down a few other critics awards um, come award season in you know December and January. We'll That's see what awesome. happens. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, another question about this, you know, you, you were looking at bringing bourbon into this. I mean, do you see bourbon coming more and more into your field as being not a, a center of a story, but somehow focused around the story? Because you had mentioned that you would work on another film that people are writing focused on bourbon. So you probably have more exposure to this than, than we do. I definitely think that it's uh, it's something that's coming across people's radar in in the industry, and whether it's you know films that are specifically about bourbon or just bourbon, you know, appearing in um, in media. I mean, you know, you you take uh, that Jessica Jones series, and I, she's always downing. Is it Wild Turkey? I think. Um, being, she's pounding bourbon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's always, always got bourbon. It's you know, very prominent. So I mean, it's it's definitely a thing that uh, I think, you know, I think the entertainment industry is realizing like, hey, bourbon is booming right now. It's popular. People like to see it. People feel comfortable seeing it. So let's let's put it in there as much as we can. And you know, we've been very very cognizant about that as well. And I think going forward, whenever we can kind of, even if it's not just in your face about it, but just. Like oh yeah, there's some bourbon on the table. Like, it's just kind of our little nod, uh, the, nod to yeah. it. Yeah. No, no looking forward to seeing the movie. Thank exactly. you. Looking forward to Thank. seeing it. Thanks so much for uh, yeah for letting me chat with you guys. Uh, absolutely. Cool. Thanks yeah. for coming on, Josh. Yeah. yeah thanks. I'll I'll hang around. I was for gonna a say bit. yeah. Feel yeah. free to hang around and uh, jump in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're talking about. Yeah, if, if at some point something strikes out at you, feel free to jump back in. But again, Josh, thank you again for, for coming on and, and telling us about Bullet County. So as he had mentioned, make sure you go. It'll check it out uh, in theaters starting Friday this week, uh, the 26th. So go and check it out. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I think it's be really, really cool. So another thing in just kind of, I guess you could say pop culture that happened this week was uh, the billion dollar lottery that nobody won. And now this week it's going to be at $1.6 billion. Uh, I have a theory uh, that if 
somebody with inside the bourbon community wins this. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Uh, I have a theory uh, that if somebody with inside the bourbon community wins this, it's just going to be bad news just for the secondary market. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, every bottle will be gone for the next six months. Just <laughs> There's just going to be like careless buy it now. It's like it doesn't even matter what mm-hmm. the price is anymore. And and so any other theories on uh, what could possibly happen if somebody in the bourbon community was to win this $1.6 billion? It's going to be definitely a distillery be started, you know, by that. Oh, hell no. What would happen is somebody would go to a Mark Brown from Buffalo Trace and bring a fucking briefcase of money and say, I want that warehouse, I want that warehouse, I want that warehouse. <laughs> and he says no, and then you put up another briefcase of money, like, I want that warehouse, I want that warehouse. That's what I would do. I would not buy, I would not build a distillery. I would not buy brands. I would go and buy warehouses filled with stocks eight years and older because, oh my God, you could own whiskey after that and not that you can just drink it so <laughs> i would just get the large straw and put it straight to the barrel the whiskey right like you would own it in a figurative sense and literally you would own it yeah yeah you this would know the complete yeah. term i mean let's think about the most in demand bourbons the, the majority of them are coming from buffalo trace and 100 and, and that's for good reason i mean as much as we like to you know talk about the problems with the secondary market and how we can't ever get Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Fact is, it's really great whiskey. And so I, if if I win that lottery, first of all, I'm, I'm hiring a lawyer and I'm, never, I'm not doing anything. No one's ever going to know about it, but lawyers have that damn confidentiality clause that they take <laughs> to death. And the lawyer will do all my bidding and it'll probably be Brian. I was going to so, say, there you go. 
And Brian's going to tell us, guaranteed he can't keep it. <laughs> <laughs> His secret is not safe on the round table. We'll get our girlfriends in him all of a sudden. <laughs> Anybody else, what would you do if you won the $1.6 million and you had something with bourbon? Like, Would you say, like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to find every – uh, wax drip Van Winkle or A.H. Hirsch or I've actually take, thought about actually oh yeah real quick I would visit somebody that is prominent on secondary sites I would actually visit his house and go look at everything in his basement and probably write him a check <laughs> buy collections <laughs> like, what's it going to take for the entire thing well that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking do like a uh, a bar somewhere and then you could just do everything you know, buy up collections. Well, I guess you couldn't own the, Only the certain warehouses state. too because you couldn't be in multiple tiers, but... Yeah, I was going to say build Jack Rose's part two just to your tailoring. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Blake Rose's sounds like a really cool <laughs> book. <laughs> now, how, would you spell, how would you spell that, Blake? It's be, you know... It's kind of like Chris. You know, it's kind of like Ruth's Chris where you... It's kind of like it's kind of like starting a website named after a very famous hotel. <laughs> but they have nothing to do with each other. Just to be clear, TM. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's a lot of people on here that are talking about uh, the lot. I, I put it in there. I said, if you had 1.6 billion to do with bourbon, what would you do? And some people were following suit. They said, I, I'd open up a bourbon bar and I'd buy out private collections and kind of stock it with that. Uh, Bourbon Blind said, I'd, I'd, he said, I'd actually build warehouses like Fred talked about, but I'd go around just buying truckloads of bourbon from different places. And then, and I guess at that point you own it, you can do whatever you wanted to try to figure out something new. And the fun thing is, is you don't have to sell a bottle if you don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could, you could just do private picks with all your friends and then they're the ones that can buy it. You see, Rob, Rob McCarthy said, get a new wife who doesn't complain about all the bourbon I have. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to read that one out loud. Just that's perfect. Wrong. <laughs> I actually missed that one, but that's hilarious. <laughs> but would anybody else, uh, would you actually buy a distillery to be able to do it? And uh, that's what Matt Cusick said. He'd buy a distillery and create a brand, name himself the master distiller, and then pay himself <laughs> to tell the same story and sign bottles for the rest of his life. <laughs> Uh, I kind of like that idea. A distillery sounds like so much work, though. Like I'll name it like Bullet you County. Have to do the hard part. Like I want to do the easy part where I just taste it and say, "Yeah, put that in a bottle." <laughs> yep. Oh, I've got it. I've got it now. You know, because everyone in the distilling business likes to say they they were the first. Mm-hmm. You can say you were the first master distiller to win the lottery. There you, you know? go. You know, so that's no that's the first something. billionaire master the first, distiller. There you master go. Distiller. Mm-hmm. There's a goal. And your grandpa actually had the same recipe. <laughs> That's the best part. I'm a billionaire. And I, never, I never even sold a single bottle. <laughs> it's like, how'd that even work? <laughs> I, mean, I guess the question is, would you have to do a lot of work if you bought the distillery? I mean, if you if you have $1.6 do you really... You can hire someone. Yeah, you can just buy could. barrels yeah. and drink them. I think I kind of like why well, I like that idea. Just exactly. Just get a big barrel in your basement. And boom, put a straw in it. What are you drinking? Like whatever in that barrel. Just, <laughs> put it on tap, you know? just get bourbon on tap and uh, just put a couple pappy barrels around and, and then a couple Weller special reserve and see if anyone can tell the difference. Maybe pull another <laughs> pappy heist, but do it the right way. And um, just buy off the market. <laughs> Truck a lot of cash, drop it off. <laughs> yeah, but actually give them money for it instead. 
Uh, Matt Cusick kind of brought up a good point as well. He said, uh, you know, what would you do about distilleries that just wouldn't sell you barrels, right? And and you say, like, I want to go do barrel picks or I want to have this particular barrel in my inventory. What would you go about doing that? Would you just say, all right, well, I'll just buy you out. <laughs> Your dead has a price tag. Yeah. Um, it's a business at the end of the day. You know, th- they know yeah. that they don't need to sell it in bulk because they can sell it in their own bottle and make more. If you give them the same price that they would make that way, I, I doubt many would have a problem with that. But I think some of them do. I think some just, I mean, like, I feel like BT, Buffalo Trace, I'm sure they've been throwing so many money offers for Pappy that they, they won't, I don't think they would take it. I don't think Mark Brown would ever take it. So here's what I would do. I would buy the next closest property and then buy 600 hogs and start a hog farm <laughs> right there until their their uh, value goes so far down. They're begging to me to, to, to uh, buy, buy their barrels. I will be knocking on your door. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like driving through Butchertown. Yeah. I like uh, Rare Bird said, I'd make my own magazine and call it Bourbon Plus Plus. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trademarks, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe you'll be partnering with Blake on that one. <laughs> Brian's my attorney, so please send all questions to him. You know, he's my attorney too, so is he going to be the judge as well? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll work it out in mediation with himself. Yeah. Yeah. And charges both double. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's uh, there's a lot of things that we could think that we want to do with uh, a lot of money if we had it just to blow on bourbon. Uh, and and hopefully one, one, one we'll see. Hopefully on Tuesday or maybe Friday this week we'll we'll see what happens. I can't imagine what would happen on Tuesday if if nobody won again. But by the time this comes out, it will be Thursday. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, is it too late to buy a ticket? I haven't even bought a ticket. I can see Trump winning this. Guys, it's, it's, it's Monday. I, it, I we're recording this on Monday. It doesn't roll till Tuesday. So, yes, it's all time to buy a ticket. Your chance of not buying a ticket and buying a ticket only slightly, very slightly increases. Like, I think there's a guy at Georgia Tech, a professor, who basically said, you will never win the lottery, but somebody has to win, right? Might as well be you. That's what they want you yeah. to think. Mm-hmm. He's working for the enemy. The guy also doesn't recommend flu shots and thinks that uh, fluoride is so bad, right? <laughs> uh, you know, on this on this topic of uh, and Fred, you might be able to answer this on the topic of what distilleries could you buy out? What distillery is actually owned by the largest corporation that probably has the most money behind it? You know, Diageo is one. Mm-hmm. We got Beam Suntory. You've got yeah. in, like what's what's the biggest? Well, one? I, I think I would I would say that the. Uh, you know, the way to approach that is like what distillery has most American whiskey interest or what parent company has the most American whiskey interest. Yaggio is obviously the largest, you know, spirits company, but they could give two shits about American whiskey. You know, they focus on um, Crown Royal heavily and they focus on heavily Scotch. Uh, and for good reason. That's what, that's what their company's stronghold is. You've seen Tom Bullitt kind of bust through that company and say, hey, look at me. Look what American whiskey can do. And then they started paying attention, and then they started. Uh, they brought in Nicole Austin at uh, George Dickel, and they're and she's kind of doing a little bit of that same thing as finally getting people to pay attention to George Dickel. But I would say that they would not be there when times are bad. That company is the first one to spend something off. They did that in the early '90s with um, 
what is uh, Stitzel Weller, but, but back then it was called Old Fitzgerald Distillery, and they spun off all their brands that they got from Glenmore. You know, so they have a history of uh, when when times get tough, you know, they get rid of American whiskey. That's that's the DNA of that company. Uh, Beam Suntory is is so tightly connected to Jim Beam, um, but you know, Maker's Mark is kind of like is also in the Jim Beam uh, portfolio, but it's on its own island. They don't mess with Maker's Mark, and you know, it's the most, Maker's Mark from a from a brand perspective is probably the sexiest brand in in the american whiskey category outside of jack daniels to to like buy you know so if anyone if anyone was going to really you know put together a lot of money and go after a brand it would be them another brand that would be kind of a a sexy brand and uh would wouldn't necessarily be easy pickings but would would probably have an interested uh, seller if they came with the right pot of cash before roses but i thought um, you were going to say pursued spirits <laughs> yeah well, you know, we, I'm, we can I'm only hope. First. We can only hope. <laughs> I'm told there's already uh, expansion plans and an offer on the table. So, yep, we're gonna <laughs> double our barrels in one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you're 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 looking at like um, you're looking at a, a very difficult question. Uh, but if it were speculation, and there was all the money in the world, and um, American whiskey was clear that it wasn't going to go away. And you really wanted to make a splash. I would say the two brands you would go after would be Four Roses and Maker's Mark. Not Heaven Hill with all their portfolio? Uh, penetrating the Shapira family to sell would be very, very difficult. Getting them to sell off a brand or two, absolutely. But then you're probably getting a brand and not the whiskey. Like maybe maybe they spin off um, you know, a brand that's not as close to them. Like they're not going to give up Evan Williams or Elijah Craig. That's like that's sewn into who they are, you know, but I could see them selling something like it's a good thing. They have like 400 labels. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they could sell a lot of labels off. I mean, one that would make sense to me that they should sell is TW Samuels. I would, I'd love to see that get back in the hands of, uh, you know, the makers, Mark family, Rob Samuels. I'd love to see them get TW Samuels back. But, um, other than that, you know, there's not like heaven Hill. I, I couldn't see heaven Hill do anything. Uh, Sazerac's definitely not letting Buffalo Trace go. You know, 1792 is an interesting, you know, distillery that historically gets kind of moved around a lot, but it's also a, you know, what we would consider to be like an MGP sort of distillery. By the way, that's another interesting one, the MGP facility in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. But, um, I don't know. What was the question? I'm just going off of like, I feel like we're just naming them all. (laughs) (laughs) I think we named all the big five or six. Well, wild turkey's (laughs) interesting too. Do we still have viewers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wild turkey, we probably don't, by the way. Uh, But wild turkey is an interesting brand because, you know, I don't feel like Campari has fully reached uh, what wild turkey's potential is. And, um, you know, um, they were close. And then I don't know what happened. They started changing their their labels and their packaging 15 times. And, you know, they're going to have another bottle change here. So they have a lot of inconsistency with marketing um, Wild Turkey. But I actually think their whiskey has gotten really, really good in the last five years. So I got another kind of question, and, and I'll sort of throw it out to anybody else that wants to answer too, is, you know, we talked about a lot of these brand names. 
you know, you say 1792, you say Buffalo Trace, um, Evan Williams. And a lot of these are just so ingrained by these brands. It's almost become like an identity. And to say that, like, all of a sudden Diageo puts in a bid for 1792. Do you really think that you could see some of these big conglomerates actually start poaching brands from other places? And would consumers even care? Hmm. That's actually the history. Um, We've seen, so the the historical, we, we've already seen it happen, right? So Smooth Ambler's doing well, uh, Pernod Ricard comes in. High West is doing well, Constellation comes in. And, you know, when you see these uh, smaller brands, uh, Brothers in Colorado would be, would be one that I would say could, would be on people's radars. Uh, Westland for me was like, you know, that was to me, that was one of the great independent uh, craft distillers. And then they get, uh, you know, acquired. Um, Hudson Baby Bourbon, which I know is not anyone's favorite here at this round table, but they have built a really incredible brand and had great market penetration. William Grant came in real quickly and got them. So you do see that uh, from, from time to time. But do you see like the conglomerates come in and pluck, you know, pluck a, a big brand from another one. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing that I was really going for is that is Matt, Matt kind of said, he goes, it happens in the eighties and nineties, but would you expect it to actually happen today with as big as bourbons being, and a lot of these brands being that identity, could you actually see that happening today? I don't because they're, I mean, people are going to capitalize on what they have right now. I mean, they're not selling right now. They might, if they, Thing is too hot right now. Yeah, if they see maybe that maybe it's starting to downtrend, and they're uh, they might, but not right now. I mean, it's they they they, they just got too much upside right now to sell. Uh, I don't know. I don't see it any different than professional league sports. You know, you trade a superstar, you buy a superstar. It could happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it is at its peak, you know, the end is you know the, it's going to go down the hill at some point. So why not? Why not do it when it's at its peak? You know, very true. Well, people have been trying to buy Four Roses for a while, you know, so that was one. That was a brand that I thought could really get get purchased, you know, when the tariffs started coming in because they they were very vulnerable, you know, to tariffs. And, uh, you know, there was a, a big rumor that they were about to be bought by uh, Constellation a while back. And I did some digging and there was no offer on the table. There was no nothing. And um, basically, it was business as usual. But, you know, Four Roses is one where if, there, if it's going to happen, like if someone's going to amass uh, a treasure chest of money and they're going to go after a big brand, it's going to be Four Roses. So is it, Kier, is it Kieran that holds them right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kieran's owned them since the early 2000s. It makes right. though. I would... I, I would say if, if they were to let them go, then Karen would be closing a lot of doors for their spirits portfolio because uh, Four Roses sure does open a lot of doors. All right. So let's go ahead and let's switch gears to something uh, maybe a little more fun because Carrie, as we had mentioned, came out with us. He's actually a blogger once again. Um, he actually does have a he has, has an article, so he technically is able to live up to his title. Uh, and in this article that he kind of came out with was talking about inside of the mind of a bourbon fanatic. And, and so Carrie, I kind of want to let you talk about this and we'll, we'll kind of talk about 
you know, our own stories behind each one of these things as well. Yeah, I think the the desire to create this article came from me just being tired of us always disagreeing on everything. I think when you when you look at the hobby in general, you know, we, everybody disagrees on what's um, overrated or what's too expensive or what's good or what's not good, and we always talk about the things we disagree on. But there's so much that we have similar that I felt like you know, I, and this just comes from whenever I'm hanging out and we're talking, we're like, man, I can't believe I did so and so. You know, I think it's just kind of a fun article where we kind of realize there's some there's idiosyncrasies that we have um, as bourbon, you know, hobbyists, and just kind of thought about them and wrote them down. That actually took me a month to kind of come back into the article and back into it with more ideas. But yeah, it's just a fun little article of stuff that we all kind of do together. I think. I got to tell you, I really appreciate that, Carrie. Uh, and let me tell you why. I get. As you all know, I, I get tagged in a lot of stuff, and I, I, I write, I talk, I just, I'm always doing something, and I, I get a lot of support. But man, I get a lot of, you know, a lot of the other side of stuff. And I, I am all about a good disagreement and, and and hashing it out. But I mean, I've been in some forums where, you know, people. Actually, a forum I wasn't wasn't in. Someone made a, a veiled threat against my son, and there, people in Bourbon can get really fucking nasty. And I and I don't know if that's Bourbon or if it's the internet or or what. But you know, we have got to find a way to bring the spirit back, to bring that that joy back, and find those commonalities. And frankly, you know, that story that you wrote, I mean, it could really be you know something that sparks it. I hope so. That's kind of the goal is to, to, to make us all realize at the end of the day, you know, we all love bourbon. We love I saw bourbon. myself in every single one of them, Karen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so for anybody that's, that's so for anybody that's listening, uh, let's let's all choose one and kind of talk about what it relates to you, because uh, I, I can I'll tell you this one uh, as well, because I think it was um, where was it? Number eight. So your wife orders two boxes from Amazon. One box is small, so you recycle it. <laughs> The other box could easily fit two bottles of bourbon for shipping, so you take it down to the basement or put it in the garage. I've I've got an amount. I literally did this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a pyramid, like it's a tower of cardboard in my basement right now, and I'm just waiting for it. basically every when the new year hits. Uh, if I haven't gotten rid of it, then I I throw it all away and then I start over again uh, when the new year hits. So it's it's sort of my uh, my my yearly ritual of, of purging of old shipping boxes. But yeah, you see a good box and you're like, well, that's actually it's it's vertical, it's not horizontal. Like that's a good one. You're not gonna hear the the, the glug go. That's that's a keeper. Yeah, you'll eventually your significant other will eventually start finding them for you. And they'll say, hey, you want to keep this box for your booze? <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, I do. That's a great box. Anybody else have one they want to relate to? Yeah, I think for me, it was number, was it three? Yeah, it was number three. So you go to a new restaurant, right, with your loved one, and they're getting seated, and you're, like, just scanning the bar. That's it. <laughs> yeah. First of all, all right, let's look at the bar. Right, you don't even go to your seat. Totally hits home. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm number three as well. In fact, uh, my wife, uh, we just sat at the bar. But she also oh, she also likes uh, yeah. But we've been married for eleven years, so it, it it's kind of you know now it's over. You know, it's just like sit at the bar or get the really good seat in the corner where our backs against the wall, and I can see the bar. Uh, so I like I like watching the bartenders work. I like seeing how they shake and stir, and you know, and how they pour their beers. It just it's it's kind of to me that's uh, to me the the bartenders are the 
the, the first line of defense against stupid in this world. So I really enjoy watching them work. But yeah, I'm definitely number three. Now, the other question with that is uh, how many times do you guys actually, because we'll all do that, but then you'll open up the menu, you'll look through the bourbon list and you'll go, I've already got all these at home. I'm just going to love that cocktail. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not paying 15 for Eagle Rare. Ugh, no way. Ordering it. Well, that's what I liked about, I don't remember what number it was, but about the beach vacation. I'll have yeah. this discussion. My wife's like, do you really need to bring 15 bottles? We're going to be there for three days. I'm like, well, I don't know what I want to drink. There's other people. They may want to try some stuff. Right. And who knows? Maybe there's an impromptu bourbon tasting that I need to host. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll give, I'll give an update for that. So it's uh, number eleven is beach vacations are tough for bourbon guys. We need to bring enough bourbon that we don't get stuck with just one or two bottles. Significant others, please don't get mad when you see how many we end up actually bringing. <laughs> I mean, so I'm really like, going this. I'm my clothes bag. Friday. I feel my like bag and my bourbon bag. Day, one bottle per day is like a good kind of rule of thumb. Um, but I, I just want to mention the number two, and I'll read this one. Um, you take a wrong turn on the way to the farmers market or some new trendy restaurant. And you go through a very seedy area of town. Your significant other is anxious for you to find your way out, but you're too busy looking side to side for the worst looking liquor store you can spot until you have a return trip. So this happened to my wife and I. Uh, we went to the DeKalb Farmer's Market, which is kind of on the other end of town. And I don't know how I took the wrong turn, but I was in a bad area. But, man, I was so happy just looking around side to side. My wife was screaming at me to turn on ways and get out of there. And I was just, she's like, stop looking at liquor stores. I'm like, yeah, but look how, look how nasty it looks. There are dusty bourbons in there. And um, I mapped out a couple spots. I never made it back over there, but she was so pissed at me for that. <laughs> so I'm packing for the beach on Friday. And I think six is a good number because that's what you can fit in a bottle tote bag. Yeah. Read off six so people can hear. Uh, I use the bourbon pursuit bag. Everywhere I go on my trips, it's a little, nice. little six bottle holder that I use. It's awesome. It is a good bag. But yeah, Ryan, Ryan, read six. off six so people know it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I went there Labor Day and we were going through this. We went to, so number six is you have a planned family trip to DC. Everyone else is planning the sequence of museums you will visit, <laughs> but you are too busy figuring out when you will hit Jack Rose. So I literally <laughs> was doing this Labor Day and like, L was playing Alabama, and they're like, we really want to watch the game. And I was like, well, Jack Rose has TVs upstairs <laughs> that you all can go watch the game, and we can go downstairs. And So we, I told we I did that. We went to D.C. I was not as impressed as um, – I was not as impressed as other people are with it. You know, I feel like when you have an it amazing – doesn't surprise me. When you have an amazing selection like that where bottles are still there, you know, then you look at the price list, and you're like, okay, so this, this is why everything is still here. I think there is also one that you're missing on here and it's because of it's, you know, being in this, we, we get, we get a lot of emails that say, Hey, I'm planning a trip to, to bourbon country, planning a trip to bar sound wherever. I'd love to have some ideas. Uh, we plan on going to here, here, and hopefully we're going to go to Willet and maybe something will get dropped. That's, that's always, that's always in there is like, I hope something will drop at Willet on. And it never does. And <laughs> it never does. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> there saying they were going to get the four year ride every time. <laughs> Which I just got today from somebody brought back from Kentucky to four year ride. I'm actually excited about it. 
think it'll be good. Which was another one that you had on here was number four is that a friend mentions that they have a work trip in Kentucky next week. And your first two thoughts are, are they driving and how close to Barstown will they be? <laughs> yeah, just happened. I, forget, I wrote that one two months ago, literally just happened with a friend like this week. I was like, you're driving. He said, yeah. I was like, yes. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Are you willing to make 25 stops on your route there? <laughs> Blake, I love your idea of having an impromptu bottle tasting. I think the same thing all the time. You just never know. I'm like, oh, you never know. Somebody might make somebody <laughs> random. They want to try six different bourbons. You might want to bring two taco bags. <laughs> I did I that mean, at Disney once. Fun. Yeah, just post up in Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Inside Disney or at the hotel? Like, it's Snow White. It was. It was in a bar. It was in a bar. Somebody, somebody there, like, uh, uh, they had my book on the bar, and I was like, yeah, that's my book. And um, we just did an impromptu tasting. Like, all right, come on, bourbon guy, tell us something about <laughs> yeah, there, there was a whole crowd kind of gathered, and we, we're we going back next year. It's it's great. No, this isn't a Disney podcast, though. So. Yeah, Kenny's getting pissed. <laughs> I know. He's getting pissed. <laughs> hey. Brian, have you seen the text he sent me? Man. <laughs> Hey, I know he's like, shut up and move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if Disney wants to sponsor this, we'll talk about Disney for 30 minutes every single episode. <laughs> well, didn't they try to can we like, get Jim that? Gavin? Didn't get they try on to here? do their own trail? Oh yeah, I've got uh I've got some insider stuff on that. They they got that was... a little bit of uh, legal wrangling on that. They got a cease and desist from the KDA <laughs> on uh, on the use of the bourbon trail, so it went away. Well, Thanks a lot, KDA. I was trying to get some free Disney tickets out of that. <laughs> now, 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 I'll say this: they uh, they had every right to because they just. I mean, they, it would look like they just copied and pasted the freaking map. <laughs> oh, like, no lie, they basically just took the bourbon passport from you know the bourbon trail and yeah. like. It was basically me and Microsoft Paint taking out the KDA logo. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Oh man! All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this show, but we're gonna do uh, one last little piece right here because we got to give Fred a little bit of uh, of a plug here because you know one thing about Bourbon Plus and his new magazine is that they don't do reviews, they don't do scores, they don't give best whiskey of the year. However, Fred does do a little bit of rating on the side. And he just gave his lowest score of all time to a whiskey award. The the lowest score I've ever given was just a um, forty eight, right? For uh, and it was on Forbes, and uh, it was for uh, to Ozzy Tyler, which is um, is distilled in uh, Owensboro, and it uses the you know the Terra Centra process, uh, Terra Pure, in, in the rapid aging. And look, I haven't. I've always believed that, like, if if there's a product that comes out and is, is is tasty, that uses that stuff. I mean, I will be on the rooftops talking about it. So these, this is nothing personal or anything. But I seriously did get, um, you know, melted plastic in this. Like that's I'm, I seriously knows that I, that came off. That was the aroma coming out of the whiskey to my nose, and I got drywall, and it just was. It went downhill from there, so it was just not a good whiskey in in any way, shape, or form. And um, you know, so I've got a it, it. It was it was weird for me because, like, in 
you know, past things that I've done reviews for or, um, or the people I've done that stuff for before, you know, we they had a policy w- that you couldn't publish it after a certain score. Forbes did not put that upon me. Like I could have, you know, had put in my, well, however I rated it, I rated it and they were fine with it. So I think, uh, you know, a lot can be said for Forbes for allowing me to do that, but, you know. I know now not to send you any Pursuit series. So, <laughs> so would Bleach be like an eight on your scale then if this was a 48? <laughs> well, you know, I would, if, if, if there was, if I got like that kind of nose, like, so there was not, yeah. there was not, it was not poison. It was not anything like that. I mean, it, you could drink it, you know, you, you could drink it and it, you'd be, you could mix it with Coke or whatever to kind of strip out some of that, you know, unwanted, some of those unwanted flavors. Uh, but I have been sent things that I thought were poisonous and, <laughs> and, uh, and I just, I didn't even taste it. I, I smelled it and I could pick up like the tails real heavy and, you know, I just put it away. And that was, that was when I was reviewing for a tasting panel. all right so with that uh you know that's that's gonna be every opportunity to go out there and you can buy yourself a like a 50 ml or or what do people call it like airplane bottles some people call them nippers i don't know really what people are calling but go ahead spend a dollar or two on them and and see if you uh see if see if fred's right or see if you think uh see if it's see if it's okay because you know coming from a technology background myself i was actually wasn't excited, but it was very like optimistic to see if if it would actually stand up to the uh, to the to the hype or to whatever it is to see if it actually could compete with you know actual pristine true age type of bourbon. But with that, let's go ahead and close out the show tonight. So I want to say thank you again for everybody that came on, uh, and again thank you to Josh, the producer behind Bullet County, uh, for coming in as well. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, for fellas, uh, go ahead and go around the table one more time. And Carrie, since, you know, we, we kind of led off with you, we're going to we're going to lead off with you again here as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It's always fun. And thank you, uh, Kenny and Ryan, and Fred, for all your work on the podcast. I know they're, they're um, highly entertaining and a lot of people like listening to them. So thank you, guys. This is Carrie from Suburbia, S-U-B-O-U-R-B-I-A dot com. Follow me on Twitter at bourbon underscore gamer. 375 days till next article. (laughs) (laughs) Start start using that Evernote or your notes on iPhone right now. I I imagine like behind his computer, it's like, you know, when they have like a, you know, a work safety like issue. It's like 10 days since accident. It's like so many days since that article and it works up to (laughs) love it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Jordan, go ahead. Sure. This is Jordan, one of the three guys from uh, Breaking Bourbon. You can find us on the social media platforms at Breaking Bourbon. Um, similar to Bourbon Pursuit and those guys, our first uh, Breaking Bourbon barrel picks coming out. So if you're interested in that, check out both of those two Patreon sites for Bourbon Pursuit and Breaking Bourbon. And uh, also check us out for our daily calendar updates. Awesome. What's your next date? I don't know. We're going to take a little little break for a bit, but then we'll start back up in 2019. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Blake. Am I up? 
All right. I'm Blake from bourboner.com. Find me at bourboner.com on the Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Check out now. I forgot to plug this earlier, but both the Pappy Van Winkle and the Buffalo Trace mm-hmm. Antique Collection release maps are now live. So updating those um, as they come in. So if you're interested, check them out. And um, actually, Buffalo Trace launched this new thing. If you complain in the comment section about how nobody's able to get these priced or get these bottles or everyone gouges, they're going to send you a free bottle. So go ahead (laughs) in there because they read them all. They're happy to read them and go through them. <laughs> and uh, that yeah. was satire, everybody. That's not <laughs> uh, I was about to say I was with, I was going to call out like ninety stores tonight. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, six years running. Like, it's the we, exact like, same comments. Over, we need to go over some legal things. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're going to need you to stay after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, also I want to say, uh, Fred and Ryan, thanks for joining on today. You know, this was also the the launch for Pursuit Series label, so very excited yep. to kind of see that happen. And as Jordan hinted at as well, you know, barrel picks, we've got a lot rolling out. Uh, all of us have a lot of barrel picks that we're we're doing, and so we're going to figure out the next time we're going to get the internet friends yeah, let's happening do it. soon. Yeah, we're gonna make it I think I think we should do an episode, Kenny, of our Pursuit Series with everyone. You know. Hey, I could uh, interview you too. Hey, we'll uh, take it. We'll take yeah. it. Fucking hammer you. <laughs> <laughs> not going easy on you either. <laughs> I'm not coming now. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Here. Yeah. yeah I, I treat my friends even better than my sources. So. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thank you, everybody. Uh, if you do like uh, what you hear, support the show on Patreon. That's where you get access to Barrel Picks Pursuit Series. Uh, limited edition t-shirts and koozies and hats and everything else that we do. Uh, and yeah, also leave reviews. Ryan, go ahead and close us out. Thanks guys again for joining us. This is one of our, one of my favorite things to do. And I think one of our community's favorite things to do is listen. I don't know why they listen to us talk about bourbon, but I'm glad they do. And uh, appreciate you all taking the time. Cause I know we all have families and, real obligations in one article a year to write. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's going to be all about you, Ryan. I know. I can't wait. In Bullet County. In Bullet County. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for everyone that's watching. And if you have any, you know, show suggestions, comments, feedback, we love hearing from you guys because this is what we do it for. It's for you all. So just keep them coming and we'll keep bringing you the content. Or Kenny will, and I'll just show up. <laughs> That's about right. All right, fellas, I'm going to go watch the Falcons game. Cheers, everyone. Mm-hmm.